So, did you have to fire him? No, I didn't fire him. Rebecca, he could have cost your bank a quarter of a million dollars, maybe more, with one click. I know, I know. But look, we're a small bank in a small county. People make mistakes. Yeah. And it's safe to say this is one mistake he won't be making again. Hmm. Gosh, Jim, it was all over town. He felt just awful. Yeah, I'm sure. But it goes to show that it's not just the big multinational banks that the hackers are after. The he in this instance is a current employee and 38-year veteran of a small community bank in Pennsylvania. And although in this scenario he'd be easily recognized by the 1,536 men, women, children, and Cocker Spaniels who make up the total population of his hometown, we'll call him Joe. Joe could be best described as a once technology-adverse kid who first began his career with Bucks County Community Bank when $2 bills were just introduced by the U.S. Treasury. His service record is as stellar as you'd expect, and he opens as many savings accounts with lollipops as he does with lines of business credit. Joining us today is Joe's boss, Rebecca Brown, president and CEO of Bucks County Community Bank. You're listening to the Chubb Cyber Risk Podcast, and I'm your host, Jim Nelson. It's an honor to host this podcast series and help our clients understand today's cyber risk landscape. In today's episode, we'll hear how one wrong click became a $250,000 mistake. Rebecca, how long is it now that you've been in the finance industry? Oh, gosh, let's see. Um, it'll be 31 years in October. Hmm. Seven banks, three counties, one merger, and uh, <clears throat> two husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first banking job? Gosh, Jim, they barely had money back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they were still using shells as currency. <laughs> I was young, uh, 21 or 22, and I was a junior teller for the small town savings and loan. I worked my way through my MBA there because, you know, the banker's hours really help with studying. Yeah. So from a junior teller at the small town savings and loan to the president and CEO of Bucks County Community Bank, I'll bet you've worn a lot of hats. How many employees do you have at the BCCB family now? I've got a full-time staff of 258 in our BCC branch center. Joe being one of them. Yes, our beloved Joe. <laughs> Rebecca, we're hoping that the lessons learned at BCCB from this recent hacking attempt can help our listeners prevent similar attacks. Can you walk us through what happened? Sure. Well, Joe is in charge of managing all of our cash-ins and cash-outs. and Cash-ins and cash-outs? Armored car deliveries. Ah. You know, for when we transfer hard currency from the bank to clearinghouses or to the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. He's managed the service for as long as I can remember and is on a first-name basis with his contact over at the Armored Car Company. Yeah, but this wasn't a bank heist. Your exposure had nothing to do with an armored car. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> you know, criminals usually know better than to tussle with armored cars. Yeah. Let me tell you, these vehicles are basically tanks filled with money. Mm. And our vendor has more than 150 years of cash transportation logistics experience. So. Wow. Safe to say they are a big name in armored vehicles. One of the biggest, and we've worked with them for years, hmm. which is why Joe didn't question the email he received from them. Yeah. Uh, email? Yeah. 
Joe received an email, seemingly from their vendor management system, saying that, effective immediately, all transports would be suspended unless the BCC renewed their driver authorization agreement. Well, let me tell you, the crooks were smart. If it were a serious problem, Joe would have escalated it. But since it seemed like a minor incident, I mean, driver authorization hardly sounds menacing, right? He went ahead and clicked the link. So then what happened? His computer froze, and a series of program files began flashing across the screen. Joe may not be a technology expert, but he immediately recognized that this was a serious problem. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, he did the right thing, though. He came and got our branch manager, and they pulled me out of a meeting with a new client. We went to his desk, and the computer was frozen solid, and a bunch of windows were open. Like, you know, when you win solitaire? (laughs) Kelly started to reach for the reboot button, but I stopped her. Wow. So that's when you called your insurance company? Well, my first call was to the armored car company, who of course said that there's no such thing as a driver authorization agreement. (laughs) I said, thank you very much, and called my insurance agent immediately. The agent quickly directed us to report the claim through the carrier's 24-hour hotline. Poor Joe. He didn't know what to do. He was white as a ghost. Mm. At that point, I thought it was still a simple virus, but I probably should have been as scared as him. Yeah. So what was in the email link? Well, we found out later that it launched a piece of code that in 15 seconds released the neat sum of $250,000 from our bank. The transfer was made, processed, and withdrawn almost immediately from a bogus bank account. And someone, somewhere, was going out to a very fancy dinner that night. I'll bet. So where does insurance fit into all this? Well, you know, we've been a loyal client for 15 years. And 15 years of writing insurance premium checks was all worth it that afternoon. Just a few years ago, we added cyber coverage, and my agent immediately reassured me that our carrier had decades of experience handling incidents similar to this. Hmm. I had, in fact, spoken to her a, a few months back, and she went over all this coverage with me then, which is why I knew to call her. So beyond reassurance... What steps did your carrier take to help BCCB in this attack? Getting the money back was obviously the most important thing, especially for poor Joe. I'm sure about that. They helped manage the process. They also connected us to a team of forensic experts who helped to get to the root cause. And our insurance company connected us with vendors who helped us put additional security protocols in place, Hmm. including helping us develop a training module for cyber attacks. (laughs) Want to know what? We did it together over a pizza party. (laughs) That's funny. Well, it's an unfortunate lesson, but in this instance, it turned out for the best. Rebecca, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today and for sharing your story. Thank you, Jim. Rebecca, Joe, and the rest of the BCCB family were protected by Chubb's market-leading cyber ERM coverage. Chubb offers a depth of cyber protection and has an A++ balance sheet backing policies that can offer up to $100 million of coverage. And that coverage is fortified by decades of claims expertise. You know, one interesting thing to note here was the size of the financial institution in our scenario. 258 employees in a small rural town. You'd think that cyber criminals would have larger targets in their crosshairs. 
But yet, the Small Biz Trends newsletter notes that small and medium businesses account for more than half of all targeted cyber attacks. And that number is increasing. I'll leave you with that. That's it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. For more information on Chubb's cyber risk management solutions, visit chubb.com cyber and stay safe out there. The scenarios described here are hypothetical and are offered solely to illustrate the types of situations that may result in cyber incidents and or claims. These scenarios are not based on actual claims and should not be compared to actual claims. The precise coverage afforded by any insurer is subject to the terms and conditions of the policies as issued. Products may not be available in all locations and remain subject to Chubb's underwriting criteria. Whether or to what extent a particular loss is covered depends on the facts and circumstances of the loss, the terms and conditions of the policy as issued, and applicable law. Chubb has no obligation to provide any cyber services for loss mitigation or incident response. The policyholder is under no obligation to contract for services with any of the Chubb pre-approved loss mitigation or incident response service providers. The selection of a particular pre-approved loss mitigation or incident response service provider is the independent choice of the policyholder. Loss mitigation and incident response service providers are independent contractors and not agents of Chubb. Chubb assumes no liability arising out of any services rendered by a loss mitigation or incident response service provider and Chubb does not endorse the service providers or the respective services. Before a policyholder engages with any loss mitigation or incident response service provider, the policyholder should conduct its own due diligence to ensure the company and its services meet the policyholder's needs.